she can't see it, right? You can't she's see so it? capable. I don't even of that, need. Crystal. I don't even need to see the outline. No, she I'm just, you know yeah. what? I'm playing off of you she's guys. A professional. Off the cuff. Where she's you a full lead. professional. Hey, sorry no to cuff, tell you the the, the leaf cuff. queen is not in this episode, Crystal. If you uh, if you were excited, I'm so sorry. We did promise a return of the leaf. She's coming back. She's coming back. It's just not today. Welcome to Disendorian Life, a Star Wars podcast from the Radio Meanwhile Network. My name is Steve Rudd. I'm Nick Gunning, and we're following the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi to the Ewok TV movies, the 80s cartoon, and beyond. Today's episode definitely falls into that beyond realm because yes. not an Ewok in sight, my friends. Not an Ewok not, in sight. Not a one. Not a one. Well, yes, not a one. So today we're discussing the prequel trilogy with Crystal Storm, creator of Legacy, a Star Wars audio drama. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to be back. I love you guys. I love this podcast. It's well, great. And I'm kind of sad that we're not talking about Ewoks. Today. I know. That is. Uh, yeah. That is are you run. really, though? <laughs> yeah. I, I apologize for the squeaky, by the way, in the background. My dog has a new toy. and is, He's been quiet for literally an hour, but he's decided right now is the time. Right now. He's right earned now. it. And yeah. actually, it kind of sounds like an Ewok, if I'm being honest. Well, there we go. Yeah. That's all Good I'm job. hearing. Yeah. Crystal, you've just hit kind of a big milestone with Legacy. You want to tell us a little about it? Yeah. yeah, we just hit 5,000 downloads. That's amazing. Uh, which is we actually hit 5,000 downloads last night before I dropped the new episode. So I was checking. Oh. I was like, oh, yeah, it was crazy. Oh, so you were there able you to go. announce it yeah. and everything. Right? So oh, we got, yeah. yeah, so we got to announce it today. Um, so after, on every Tuesday evening, we do like a live listen. And then I hang out with the cast for like 30 minutes afterwards. And it's just a way to build like a community and stuff. For and sure. And hang out yeah. with people. And we just, we're just ridiculous. We just have fun. We just geek out about the episode and talk shit about each other and yeah. stuff. It's just fun. It, okay. It's, yeah, no, it's just a great time. Um, awesome. But it's, yeah, it's, cr I have, I have never had a project that has been the way Legacy is, like, received mm. the way it is. So I'm just like, this is, it's, I, it doesn't, I don't think it's like clicked, you know? Now I'm just like, whatever, let's get 10K. Let's get fucking, yeah, 10K. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Let's the limit. That's the Star Wars Rogan. community. Fuck that guy. Let's, For you know, sure. let's get a yeah. million. Yeah. Let's kick Mickey out of his house and put, you know, <laughs> fucking Legacy on that bitch. Like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh wow it's super exciting so i'm really happy for you and that's that's fun yeah. and if twitter is any indication i mean it really seems like you're building up like you said a community and a fan base of people who are just like devouring it and wanting to like converse with you and and just like really dig into I'll it i'll know so cool. that we've hit the milestone when somebody on twitter is like um actually canon says like oh, when i get that star yeah. wars fan i know we yeah did. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I'm actually, for. I'm, yeah, I'm waiting for might that be one in the room. One. I'm waiting for somebody to tweet at me that you know what you yeah. do not respect canon at all. Yeah, wait, I'm waiting for that. Yeah, as soon as as soon as that toxicity drifts into the fandom, you'll yeah. know. And we know we've made you, it. You yep. just yes, yeah. no more mountains Success. to climb. No more mountains <laughs> like, to climb. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, that's it. All right, let's get into this, guys. The prequel trilogy is what we're talking about today. These movies mm -hmm. were all directed by George Lucas. Uh, unlike the first trilogy, which I think he only directed the first. Isn't that right, Steve? Mm -hmm. He directed Star Wars. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. Yes, yeah, the worst it. one. Uh, yeah. the, <laughs> it got better Sorry. farther away he of got. The Sorry. <laughs> no, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's that's another episode. You don't think show. you don't think we A rent. New Hope is the worst of the original trilogy? No. No, I don't think it is. Weird. Okay, well, now yeah. I have to know. What do you think is the worst? Return of the Jedi. You're wrong. Mm -hmm. You're wrong. You are wrong, wrong, sir. It goes Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. That's how it goes. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know what? Star Wars fan right now. We've, we've agreed to disagree. We've got a lot on our plate, so I'm just going <laughs> to leave that alone. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to leave it I'm alone. I'm sure we're going to make enemies of ourselves in this. <laughs> I'm just going to move forward. Directed by George Lucas. All three movies were written by George Lucas, though Jonathan mm -hmm. Hales is credited as a co-writer on Attack of the Clones. Phantom Menace premiered on May 19th, 1999. Attack of the Clones, May 16th, 2002. Revenge of the Sith, May 19th, 2005. So I went from basically mm. like a 16-year-old to like a college man. <laughs> yeah. That was my... That was my gamut. You do that again, that just man them. Man, yeah. <laughs> college man. Yeah. I just, I ran on a road. I didn't know what to say. I was a college student, I guess. Dude. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about The Phantom Menace. So in my mm. memory, there was tons of hype leading up to The Phantom Menace. And yeah. They had just 
Am I right on the timeline here? They had just released the original trilogy, like with special additional scenes and stuff into theaters again. That was right before Phantom Menace, right? Yeah, the special edition came out before the Phantom Menace. Yeah, and it was there was a lot of hype that year. I remember they were selling gold editions, silver yeah. editions. There was all different. I mean, you see them all behind me here. I got like the VHS silver edition, the VHS gold edition, the regular VHS, the original trilogy. Yeah. Like so, like that was a year of just like. Yeah, tons of marketing and stuff for Star Wars. And Steve, I mean, are you a yeah, hoarder? I, Is that what we're learning today? A Star Wars hoarder. You're a Star I Wars hoarder. I even have the Popular Mechanics yeah. edition. Yeah, that is. Wow. Oh wait, that's not the one. That's wait, a cry wait. for help in print. Is that the one? That's what you oh, have wow. right there. The release of the the special editions mm-hmm. was, I think, my first real memory of like true hype. Like, I don't remember any time before that going yeah. to the theater and, like, waiting in line. But I remember, like, the theater that I went to to see those, it was like you bought your ticket and then you had to, like, queue up and wait, like, in a big, long yeah. line to get into the theater. And that's what it was like for every single one. Like, each one that was released, we would go, like, hours ahead of time and, like, hope we got a seat, you know, because it was yeah. just, it was, there was that much hunger for it. I mean, the only, for me, the only time I ever waited in a line for a movie was Star Trek Generations. Mm. That was it. Mm-hmm. Like, even a- any movie after that, there was just no big, long line. Yeah. And then Star Wars comes around in 99, and it was just like, oh, man. I'm like, well, wait, this- somebody else is dressed up like me? That's awesome. You know, like, it was like, all of a sudden, it was a, it's a community coming together rather than yeah. just people going to see a movie, you know? Well, I remember, because, I mean, obviously, you know, essentially, this is pre-internet, 1999, pre-like practical yeah. internet, at least. And I had a friend who worked at the movie theater, and she would tell me that people would come, like they would announce, like, okay, the uh, the Phantom Menace trailer is going to be before this movie. And people would literally come, buy a ticket for whatever it was, watch the Phantom Menace trailer, and then just leave. Like, that was it. Like, I, I, I had it, it online somehow. I, I don't know if it was, like, the early internet or something, yeah. but I remember having it somehow down before i don't even know what it was it was yeah. before youtube yeah so some website where i could watch it i watched it over and yeah over and back over when you'd have again. to start a download at like 7 a.m and hope by uh-huh. like 7 p.m it was <laughs> yeah it was done but no the hype was real uh so let's talk about phantom menace let's talk yes. about like going to see it for the first time i remember it crystal clear i took my little brother steve he was six and like it was really fun it was just like new star wars it kind of blew mm-hmm. my mind and I left it pretty much like okay with it. What about you guys? Do you remember seeing it in theaters? I saw, uh, yeah, I saw. It. My parents took me to see it, and uh, I had, w- like I said, I waited forever to see this movie, man. Like yeah. once it was announced, like I followed it. This is like probably the first thing in my life that I followed pop culture wise. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like I mean, Darth Maul just absolutely blew my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time, like two lightsabers, two a double bladed lightsaber, like. You know, up to yeah. that point, it was just single blades. Right. You know, and then he comes out and does that, and it's like, that changes you forever, you know, yeah. when you see yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Crystal? I have no memory of None. going to see the Phantom. None. None. Okay. I have one for Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Mm. I don't have one for the Phantom Menace. I don't. Uh, and I'm sitting here, and I'm like, I don't think I saw that one in theaters. I wow. know I saw Revenge of the Sith in the theaters wow. because I remember yeah. standing in that line, and I remember being hyped for it. Mm. Uh, I remember that there was somebody there in actually costume, which is actually remarkable considering we suffered through two movies and there was still a line to see Revenge of the Sith, the yeah. Star Wars fans. Man. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't. I so, don't. I feel like I, it might say something to those movies that like my memories of them are very kind of like, eh. <laughs> or just so, how I how I took the movies. It, so it, was, was that your right. takeaway? There's, there's no. Yeah, it was kind of just like I didn't. They weren't. You know, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones were not anything groundbreaking mm, for yeah. me. Not, not for me. And I think it had more to do with kind of just that feeling as you as you come out of the movies. You know, like I remember being really hyped for like the new trilogy, and then you know mm-hmm. all the emotions that came with that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh my god, they're trying again. Yeah. But yeah, with Phantom Menace, I don't. And I've got I've got that gold VHS thing that you do, like the celebrate yeah. you know, VHS tapes. I've got them in my back room and stuff. So yeah, total hype. But like. I, don't, I think I think my mind has just been like Phantom Menace was like yeah yeah, yeah I mean it's I, I think that's that is an overall like and eh, they weren't they weren't great but they weren't terrible fair I think that's really you know fair. they were like that was a good two hours of Star Wars yeah, I think, you know and you're okay. like I feel entertained you know I feel like the reason why 
Darth Maul is really the breakout character of that movie when he has like next to no dialogue and he's not even in it a ton. Like when you rewatch it, there's not a ton of screen time for Darth Maul. But I think that what Phantom Menace is lacking that the later ones have is like clear heroes. Like who does a kid want to dress up as after seeing the Phantom Menace? And I don't know the answer to that. Whereas like in A New Hope, you've got Leia, you've got Han, you've got Luke and all of those are these super cool, like, heroes that are just, yeah. I mean, Luke less so in the beginning. Power converters, yeah. you know. But, like, as you go on, <laughs> you know, lightsabers and Jedis and everything. And I feel like, while as an adult, I appreciate Qui-Gon and Liam Neeson and, like, even mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor's, like, young Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. I don't know that those were really characters that I was like, I'm Qui-Gon! You know what I mean? Like, I don't... Nobody say that. Oh, okay. man, I was in... Lo- I loved Qui-Gon. That yeah. was my. Okay, so but you're, yeah. but you're such a dork, Steve. Never. That's the thing. I know. That's... I am such a dork. Like yeah. I had his. I, I wanted his lightsaber. I have his lightsaber upstairs. You know, yeah. like my kids. My kids whack each other in the head with it now, and they have no idea. But like that, and that's the original. Like I'm yeah. sure it's stamped 1999 on it. Yeah, for me, like Qui Gon was just like the ultimate Jedi. Yeah. Okay. Like that father figure. Obi-Wan was truly a Padawan, even though he didn't feel like a Padawan. He didn't really feel like a Padawan, right? Yeah. Anakin feels like a Padawan. Yeah. But yeah. Obi-Wan doesn't, you know, and he's, you know, he later says that, you know, he is ready for the trials. He's, you know, mature mm-hmm. enough. He's ready and stuff like that. So I guess we're kind of seeing the waning end of right. Obi-Wan's Padawan time. But like still, Qui-Gon Jinn, like, he's just, I mean, Liam Neeson is just a great guy for that. I mean, can you imagine it being played by somebody else? No. No, I mean, I, and I agree with you, you know? now in hindsight. Like, in hindsight, yeah. I think Qui-Gon's whole thing with him, like, not being super great at going along with the program. Like, he doesn't really get along with the Jedi Council. Yeah. He's kind of like, you know, he's essentially kind of a rogue Jedi who's, like, yeah. just just enough in the lines that they can't really call him on it. But he's, yeah. I mean, like, I saved a, a pizza problem, box and that's cool. with him on you it. Know? Like that's that's how bad it. Remember Pizza Hut or it was like Pizza Hut or Domino's had like yeah. Star Wars. Wow! I saved his pizza oh, yeah. box. Wow. I remember I being Qui-Gon. really taken with all the music and Duel of the Fates in particular. Like that, oh, you know that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean that was like so great. It's yeah. It it really is truly. All right. So Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones at the time I thought was like the greatest thing I've ever seen. Like I really at the time that doesn't that doesn't hold up for me now. But at the time I thought like this is the coolest thing. And I remember like just waiting. Like, is it on DVD yet? Is it on DVD yet? And I remember going and buying it at Toys R Us full screen. So that's how long ago it was. Like I remember going and buying it at (laughs) Toys R Us and just like loving it. Just like totally loving it. My friend Tim named his dog Anakin, which is not a good name for a dog. And it was, at the time, it was like the coolest thing. I loved Attack of the Clones. Do you guys remember seeing uh, Attack of the Clones? I I do. Yeah. I did not see that one in a movie theater either. Okay. I was like reminding myself of like when it come out, when it came out. Because like, I think another thing like with Phantom Menace 99, I was a year out of high school. Yeah. And not huge not like so huge in the fan like there was a lot going on in life like first year of college like i just yeah. wasn't and then attack of the clones i remember liking it more than the phantom menace because i felt like the story moved a little bit better yeah you know because i mean and there were some i mean there were some really i thought it was trash but they were just i don't know it just it just felt like it just felt like uh it felt a little bit more star wars it felt a little bit more yeah. like a war like yeah. a war story um i felt like you know you, you now you're slowly starting to see like who Darth Vader is and how he you know mm-hmm. begins and that was I mean loving Darth Vader the way I do like that was really interesting to see like and I thought Hayden like killed it as as Anakin in those oh really, I really oh yeah I went you know what I went back and I just and I wondered if I still felt that way yeah and so like I recently I didn't have time to watch all of them but I went back and I watched a bunch of scenes on YouTube yeah. just now and you know I thought that his chemistry with Natalie Portman was not always the best. And I really kind of blame. A little creepy sometimes. I find it a little creepy. creepy. It was super creepy. He was like nine when this started. So it doesn't really like, you know, so I mean, (laughs) Natalie Portman's amazing. Like Natalie Portman can act Mm -hmm. out of a paper bag Mm -hmm. and you will freaking like, she's just great. Mm -hmm. Um, So the fact that she couldn't get work after Star Wars says a lot about Star Wars. For sure. Um, because she's just amazing. Like, yeah. she's absolutely mm. amazing. So I don't, like, blame, like, either of them for how heavy-handed George Lucas was with a lot of stuff in Attack of mm-hmm. the Clones. But just going back and, like, I feel like when 
Hayden Christensen was allowed to act in certain scenes, it really like you see the torment and you understand like why I, uh, but I, I don't know that I had that feeling then as yeah. opposed to like now I just thought, I just thought I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more than I did Phantom Menace. Interesting. Oh, really? Well, I yeah. see. I'm a guy. I loved Phantom Menace. I, okay. I, I, I thought it was great. I thought Jar Jar was annoying. So let's get that out of the way. That's the typical. Thought the Everyone yeah. thought it was annoying, but like, yeah. I liked it. I really liked it. I wasn't with that. Like I wasn't that guy that hated Anakin. I thought he did all right. You know, mm -hmm. I remember watching Attack of the Clones, and I really hated Anakin. I hate mm. I, it mm. was so whiny. I thought his line. I thought he was just bad. The lines were corny, but I remember not liking. It. When I watched it again, like sat down. This is probably the one that I've seen the least of mm. all the all the movies. So I was kind of like, all right, I'm excited. Like there's gonna be a little bit of nostalgia, and like there was. There was like a bunch of nostalgia. Like oh man, like I remember this, you know. Yeah. And um, I have a next door neighbor with a kid about his age. And it's right on. Yeah. That's right. That's what they act like. Mm. That is yeah. a, that is a typical teenager, and they act like that. And because I've, I've seen it for the past three years, this kid, this kid in his teenage years in high school. I hope he's not listening to they, this podcast. No, he doesn't. <laughs> but like, it's perfect. Like, and and I thought, wow. Like, I really thought he was so annoying. Probably because I was. <laughs> It was, what, 2002, so I was yeah, graduating from high school, yep. so it's yeah. like, I was kind of that. So you're like, you never see yourself right. in that no, stuff. No, you're no, always no. like, oh, he's so whiny. Oh, typical kid, he's so whiny. And it's like, I probably sounded like that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But now I was just like, oh, man, he, I don't know why I was such a hater, because it kind of works. I never but really, I really didn't like this one. I liked one. him, but I didn't mind that I didn't like him. Yeah. And uh, I, think, okay, yeah. I think what I kind of appreciated about Attack of the Clones was I felt there was a lot of tension there that I felt like Beside the fact that George mm -hmm. Lucas cannot write a romance to save his fucking life, but kind of his relationship with Obi-Wan, <laughs> I thought Attack of the Clones does a really good job of setting up how much he starts to dislike the Jedi Council. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. their role True. That's yeah. true. I mean, there's a lot of that. I mean, like, all the Skywalkers are annoying and yeah. whiny. Everybody but Leia is annoying and whiny. True. So I didn't mind that I didn't like him because it was always just very mm -hmm. interesting. But now going back and watching that performance, I'm just like... Mm -hmm. You killed it. You kind of killed it. <laughs> I think it's interesting, like, for me, the things that I didn't respond to, or, or I like the opposite things, fully adult version of me versus teenage version right. of me watching this. I'm responding to totally different things. Because yes. on the rewatch, the politics mm -hmm. and, like, Palpatine's plan to kind of use the Trade Federation to force himself to be in a position to kind of be like, I guess I should be emperor, is very clever. And, like, if you get yes. that, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, okay, good move. And then in yeah. Attack of the Clones, I was really into the whole, like, the chase uh, on the assassin and, like, the whole conveyor belt nonsense and, like, the fight on Geonosis. Like, I thought all that was really cool. And as an adult, I find that a little bit more, like, cartoony. So it's like I'm having a really different yeah. experience about it. But, yeah, at the time, in 2002... Attack of the Clones was like aces for me. I loved That's, it. Loved it. It's loved funny it. that you mentioned that because for me... It, like looking back at the at the three movies, I think I prefer the third one. Well, I I do like the first one because it's the beginning. Mm -hmm. I, I really do like that one. But I, I think the third one is much flows much better because it, there's in one and two there's a spectacle that draws mm -hmm. you away from the story. The pod race takes up like what 30, 40 minutes of the movie. That's yeah. a lot of wasted time. We get it. He's can do. He can drive really fast. Surely there was a better Wizard. way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like surely there was a better way to kind of display that he can do that. Maybe a chase through town. Mm -hmm. right. You know, for for five minutes, and yeah. we'd be like, oh yeah, wow, he can actually really fly well. Yeah. But they spend so much time, and then in the second movie, the spectacle of the arena scene was just like. They fly ships to planets, and this is how they're going to put them to death on posts in the middle of a giant arena where it takes, like, five minutes for the animal to get to them. Like, so, so to me, I was just like, this is such a waste of time. And what does it show? It doesn't show anything. It actually shows that the Geonosians are really archaic with a lot of the stuff. But then all of a sudden, they designed the Death Star? That, yeah. Like, I, that you for me never could be reconciled. That was one of the things I wrote down, Nick. That, that I could never reconcile that, that they did that. And when Rogue One came around, and, you know, we all talk about Disney erasing the, the sequel trilogy. Well, you know what they did? They erased that the Geonosians created the, the Death Star weapon. Yeah, all right? Don't tell me this oh, is I Death Star. True. Because, 
I didn't even thought when about they, that. When he, when he pulls up that hollow thing. You're right. The, the ball is faded out, but you see the weapon. Yeah. yeah. And I and I sat there and I was like, oh, no, no. Maybe they're going to say like the Geonosians created the Death Star and Urso created the weapon. And I, I rewound it and watched it again. I'm like, no, it's what's lit up. Uh-huh. Is the dish that's, that's and a the very weapon system? Like we fixed it. Don't worry. In short, the reason why the first two for me are just like ugh, is because they waste so much time on these fun aspects of it rather than driving the story. And that's why but, the third movie feels so rushed because they have to like, oh crap, you know, like <laughs> we spent two mil- movies wasting time on pod races and I don't even know what you call I, that. So I watched these with my eight-year-old son. And the Jake Lloyd of it all, who I don't really have an issue with his performance, but the Jake yeah. Lloyd of it all and the Jar Jar Binks really kept my son interested while the other like political stuff was taking up so much space. Like every yeah. time those things would kind of pop back and Jar Jar would do something silly, he would kind of snap right back into it. And while I agree that Jar Jar is annoying, it is kind of weird that he's just like sort of around, but they do nothing with him for the next two movies. And I yeah. can see my son kind of drifting away because after that first movie, there's not really much for the younger crowd. Just the droids. You know? R2. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. R2. I feel like you speak to something that I don't think George Lucas figured out. And it was that the story that he wanted to tell, it should have been an adult movie. It should have. It, it I think really, it should. I think it you're really right. Should have been. Yeah. I mean, and a friend of mine, I know we've talked about this on this podcast, but he was talking about how apparently Jar Jar Binks was supposed to be kind of like Yoda was. Because when we first see Yoda, like he's kind of annoying. Right. Not, in a, not nearly in a Jar Jar Yeah, he is kind of annoying. Yep. Kind of yep. Yeah, and that whole like mm-hmm. conspiracy theory basically about how Jar Jar Binks was supposed to be like a Sith Lord or whatever, there is a little bit of weight to that. If you, when you, if you re I don't want you to really do this, but if you watch the movies and you watch Jar Jar and you watch that some of the things that Jar Jar can do that his race cannot do, mm. you kind of feel like George Lucas probably did have a plan for him to be something. And then everybody was like, F Jar Jar Binks. And he was kind of like, well, now I can't. Yeah, it's like four like, flip into the uh, yeah, water and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, there's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. There's just like little things that Jar Jar can do that suggest that he did have a bigger role that Lucas then eventually kind of canned, and then he just became this annoying character. Yeah. Um, so, but it's interesting for me for somebody like George Lucas. I feel like he would have had all the creative you know, whatever in the world to make these movies what he wanted. And maybe he just couldn't decide if he wanted to make a movie for adults or kids. So yeah. I think that's why when we watched them, we're like, well, as a kid, I, I think like, he got pressured into it. Maybe. It, which is crazy because like the people, the, the, the kids who saw his original movies are now adults. So it's like, yeah. that begs right. the question, follow it. who are you making this movie for? Yeah. Right. And, that's a and lesson for creators. Can we, can no. we say, can we acknowledge that? Like, that's really important when you're making a movie and you want or anything a lot like of people need to, to know see whether it's it. a book or whatever you need well, to I mean, know. look at all the stuff that's coming out now it that can't like be everybody it right. has to be right it, yeah. i'm making it for this group yes. if all these other groups like it great but it's not for you it's for yeah, here yeah. Yep. and that yeah. way you've got a clear artistic vision with it mm-hmm. because i feel like those movies would have been a thousand times better if maybe George had to answer that question for, because you're right, the first, they're all over the place. Yeah, they're yeah. literally all over the yeah. place. We're like here, and then we're here, and you're just like. You have R2, uh, no, C-3PO, with the wrong head, walking through this arena, like, oh, 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 die, Jedi scum, ah, blah, blah. and then Django's gets beheaded. Yeah. Who's this movie for? Yeah, it's true. Like, right. who's, you it's know, true. like, so well, it's like. Well, yeah, and know. take out, take out the center slice of Attack of the Clones, and try, yeah. like, looking at the tone, and what's in Phantom Menace, and the tone and what's in Revenge of the Sith, and it's like these are crazy. These are like oil and water. And where if it's you look very at the dark, yeah, I mean, and they did the, a very good job of that at least. And the original trilogy has its light moments and it has its dark moments, but tonally mm-hmm. it's all cohesive. And I, you cannot say that about the prequels. You know, like oh, like no. it or yeah. not, they're not consistent. You know, no. and I think yep. you're right, Crystal. Like it, it all kind of goes back to audience and like picking one. Yeah would have made yeah. them better. Yeah. And I don't Maybe. really think it would have limited the audience. I think I don't think it would yeah. have either. I I don't I mean like Star Wars has never been like R rated. Right. But I mean if, you know, but I think I think George Lucas, I mean because you're right, that stuff with Palpatine like as an adult now you can, it's really interesting yeah. like, mm-hmm. how he manipulated things. 
nine, you're like you're not like twelve year olds. They don't give a shit about that. Right? Yeah. I don't. Right. I, don't get, I never. You know. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. They want to see. Yeah. You know. They want to see the lightsaber fights. They want to yeah. see the cool. You know. The cool actiony stuff. They don't. Nobody cares about yeah. the inner like those the story that George Lucas wanted to tell with these movies. Yeah. So I feel like he just threw all this other shit in to make it fun, even right. while he was trying to tell the serious story. And he should have just told a serious story. Yeah. Because we don't. We should. Obviously, we're showing up, George. Right. We're still showing up. You know. So like, yeah. just tell it. And the thing is, like, again, like watching this with my son, like as a parent, I was fine with him watching the first two. And I really had to think, like, can he handle Revenge of the Sith? And that's yeah. just speaks to the problem with the trilogy. You know, yeah. the, like yeah. that is just not even for the same crowd as the first movie was for, let alone what the target audience yeah. should be. So weird. Revenge of the Sith. Let's talk Revenge of the yes, Sith. Yes, yes. I saw Revenge of the Sith in Buffalo. Uh, and it was just like me and my wife. We were just dating at the time. And this guy and his kids, and the guy was like, I'm going to watch me some Star Wars. And the kids just ran around the theater the entire time. Oh, no. Yeah. So it was super annoying. But I didn't super care because we were kind of like, oh, there's another Star Wars movie. We should probably watch it. I didn't, like, maintain the momentum of those movies all the way to 2005. Revenge of the Sith was like, I guess I better watch it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't something that I was like, I absolutely have to see this. What about you guys? Uh... I remember being pretty hyped for Revenge of the Sith because okay. I he kind of lured me in with Darth Vader. Okay. And I'm kind of one of those like glutton for punishments. Like I didn't hate the first two movies enough that I was lackluster about it. Like a mm-hmm. new Star Wars movie, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be there. Yeah. Like I'm just going to be there because it's Star Wars. And plus it was like, oh, we're going to find out how Darth Vader because I'm in. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I remember that one very clearly. Like I stood in line for it. I remember the line outside the theater being pretty hyped. Okay. And it's, it's literally one of my favorite Star Wars movies, Revenge of the Sith is. Because I feel like in that one, um, she knew. Like, this is the story of how Anakin Skywalker becomes yeah. Darth Vader. And that's the story that you get. Sure, there's still some politics stuff, but this is like, <laughs> yeah. this is dark. This is the fall of everything. And I thought at least, like, why, you're right, the first two movies, we don't know what you're doing. But this yeah. one, it, it has to stand apart. Because yeah. it doesn't match up mm-hmm. with the first two at all. Yeah. But I feel like at least for this one, it felt like if you're taking your kid to this one. I mean, I get you can. Yeah. But this clearly was not the movie for no. kids. Like there was there's yeah. none of that little stuff. I Mm-mm. feel like he didn't waste time with this one. Like this one is this is how Anakin falls. This is how the Jedi Order falls. Like we are straight darkness in this movie. Politics I fall. I mean, yeah. literally, yeah, all of it. everyone. Yeah. Everyone is the enemy. The politi- yeah. the politicians are. Mm-hmm. The Jedi are. It's yeah. You feel it. You, you really feel do. that's why the Empire is so accepted. Yeah. Because it's like man, everything's falling apart. Right. You know, right. we got. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is. Yeah. Let's try. Well, let's he, try a he dictator. Successfully, let's try, he know. successfully navigates every character. Besides Palpatine, yeah. who gets exactly what he wants. But he successfully navigates every character into a position of, like, I only have bad options. So I have to choose yes. the best of bad options. That's where, like, the entire galaxy is by the end of yeah. Revenge of the Sith. And that's good storytelling, yeah. you know? So you can't Jedi say you can't do it, you know? They yeah. had to go against their code yeah, because they knew something was wrong. Something right. was afoot. And it was almost like, these are our morals and these are our standards. If we follow them... Yeah. The politics, the democracy will fail. Yeah. If we don't and we try to overturn it, democracy may prevail, but we're going we're gonna lose right. all of our morals and, and, and right. you know, so, we're gonna lose their value. Yeah. And again, like as an adult, that's the thing I appreciate about Palpatine's plan yeah. because he forces the Jedi into that position right. and then he wins no matter what. You know, exactly. because exactly they, they go against what they say they're going to do. And he can just be like, you yeah. can't trust them. They were going to do this one thing. And now what? They're soldiers. We can't trust them. You know, exactly. if they do nothing, no problem. Just take the over. The manipulation was brilliant. And it I is. feel like George Lucas really tried to set that up in the first two movies. And it just, it gets lost. Yeah. It gets, yeah. you know, when it just, it well, They're kids I movies. The, yeah. That's why. <laughs> they're, yeah, it's true. Yeah. They're kids movies. Yeah. They're not, they're not. Yeah. I watched a couple of YouTube videos just about, and, and from Attack of the Clones, there's like this scene where I, I completely forgot that it was Padme who did the first vote of no confidence yeah. that yeah. kind of kicked this off. Yeah. Like, so I completely had forgotten that like he manipulated her yeah. into like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of kicking off this whole political firestorm that gave him the power. Yeah. Um, in the Senate. And I was just like, man, like you could have, I really wish you'd go back and fix these. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Like just just tell the story, George. Just, I know. You know, just just tell it the way you wanted to. I know. I can't all this pot. It can't have been it. You you can't be yeah. so ADHD, brother. You were just like, let's spend an hour on a pod race. Like yeah. I, I, yeah. I refuse to believe it. I refuse. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> I think the pod race sold a super popular video game, which I love to oh, this yeah. day. And toys yeah. and lunchboxes, you know, you got your marketing yeah. right there, but it, it doesn't yeah. really it doesn't really serve, doesn't the, story. serve the story. But it mm -hmm. didn't last. Like for me, I didn't see this movie when it came out, and my friend Pete, had, he was like deployed, he was like deployed in Afghanistan or something like that, and was back, and he dragged me to go see this movie. Me mm -hmm. to go see yeah. this movie, you know, and it was his second time. He's like, oh, it's so great, you got to come see it. And I was like, fine, whatever. I saw it in like Ridgewood at like 11 o'clock at night like it was some stupid hour of the night and i was like fine i'll go watch it and i was like ah that's not that bad you yeah. know like okay you know like as i was expecting one and two and two for me was just so i don't know it just wore me out as far as like ugh. I, yeah. Star Wars is just reduced down to like speeder chases through the city and base jumping Jedi yeah. and giant arena torture scenes. Like just you know, like this is just weird to me. Yeah. It just was like. Uh. So are we all on the same page that Attack of the Clones is the worst of the prequels? I would think so. Yeah, I think so. I do. Okay. I do. I mean, I thought that. I mean, Phantom Menace is boring to me. It's it's not bad. It's just for me, it feels just very boring. Mm -hmm. um, it's it it's very like, linear and yeah, very it simple like a slog that one kind of does yeah. and i feel like there are a lot of different ways that you could have made that a lot more interesting mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. with the acting talent that yeah. you had and that's another thing that's really like it blows my mind about george lucas is i feel like he is so heavy-handed in his directing and how he sees something in his brain that he mm -hmm. never lets the actors who he's got playing these iconic roles like really play them mm like really like give life to them like we can say a lot i like people have like so many different emotions about like the new trilogy but i will say aside from not knowing what the hell you wanted to do with finn mm. i mean yeah yeah they yes. let yeah you know they what let adam driver be kylo ren for sure like no matter how yeah, you that's felt a really about good that point. character yep. and like yeah, obviously like his emotions changed depending on who the director was but even between jj abram jj and fucking ryan both of them let him have some creative liberty with uh -huh. that character. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And you don't really see that in the other movies. Like, you didn't, like, I feel like he's got, like, a noose around Natalie Portman's neck. Like, even with Samuel L. Jackson and, like, like you said, like, Liam frickin' Neeson is playing Qui-Gon, and I don't care. He, yeah. I, like, I know that you love him, but I, I honestly, I do not care. And that's He's just Liam Neeson. Like, I he know that now. Right. Yeah, he's not really that. But to me, but, it was like, But he's whoa. still, like, he's, you know. he can, he, he, that's all he does now, right? He's in these action movies. He plays these roles. So I feel like he's perfect for it. And George Lucas was just so heavy-handed with these movies that he just didn't let the actors really become anything. They were robotic. Yeah, they were very robotic. Were, the lines it, were it just robotic. It Revenge of the Sith because things are falling apart. Yeah. yeah. So really the only emotion that these actors really have to play is, oh my God, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, in the second one, Padme's wardrobe, that literally every scene she was in, she had different clothes on. I think... Did like, you notice that again? If I look at... Everyone. If, if I look at this, like, I don't know, there are some majorly underserved actors to go with yes. what Crystal's saying, and characters as well. I think Dooku is, like, so cool. Yes. But, like, oh, like yeah. what? Like, yeah. he's like a cameo. Like, Dooku, yes. like, you, I even before I rewatched him, I was kind of thinking Dooku just had more to do, and he just doesn't. But I feel like maybe the biggest weakness is really just benching Padme, you know, because she just yes. has nothing. Yep. She just has nothing to do. She becomes the love interest. She's... Yeah. That and was one of and the my other things. Yeah, they just they shelved her, yep. and she just became the 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 you know rail meat for Anakin. Yeah, That's I it. will never not be mad about that because I, I feel agree. like Star Wars has now done this mm -hmm. twice. Like first, shame on you, George Lucas, forever for wasting the talent of Natalie Portman. Yeah, like, yeah. What are you doing? Like, what, plus it's Padme. Like, are you for real right now? Yeah. She is so much more interesting in like the Clone Wars than she is in the movie. Like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. thank God Carrie Fisher is just Carrie Fisher because Carrie Fisher made Leia and George Lucas didn't have a say about it. Like, right. I feel like 
You yeah, know, like I you can kind of right. tell that like Han Solo. I mean, you know, Harrison Ford was like born to play Han Solo, but I feel like even with Mark Hamill and Luke, you can tell sometimes that there's there's some of that George Lucas like yeah, gotta do it my way. yeah, um, especially in a new. Hope, it was better in, in Empire Strikes Back because it was yeah, Kirshner then, so it wasn't you know I'm telling, like you know? I know. Those movies get better the farther away George Lucas steps yep. because then the actors get to step into the roles. But I mean, I feel like Star Wars has done this twice now with these female characters that are supposed to be like strong and they just don't know what to do with them. You've seen the same thing about like Rey. It's always going to be like Rey is like starts to be something in that first movie and then nobody can figure out. Yeah. And then yeah. It feels why is like she strong? Well, she's right. just and then, really, and then really strong. Can like, figure what? out why Rey is awesome and all of us who have been waiting for like you know we know that there's you know female Jedi because Leia was one in like you know you know yeah, yeah. like extended universe you're waiting for that and then we finally get one and y'all don't know what the hell to do with her right <laughs> well, like she's... you know first you know George Lucas doesn't know what to do with Padme how do you not and yeah. now the new directors can't agree on who Ray is, so we get nothing. And I'm just like, I'm mad at y'all. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. <laughs> and it's true because obviously, I mean, the archetype for Padme is Leia. And Leia remains my favorite character in all mm -hmm. of Star Warsdom because she mm -hmm. just, mm -hmm. every scene that, that she's in, and maybe it is just Carrie Fisher, it's you know? Awesome. She, she owns it and you know that she's working like six different angles with everything yeah. she says every interaction she has and with padme you i think you see most of that in phantom menace like any yeah. any like agency she has is in phantom menace and then yeah attack of the clone hits and she is just in girlfriend zone for the next two movies yep. and it's and it's yeah. really inexcusable because also she is the only woman in these in these movies essentially right you know, she's supposed you... to be influential. That's right. the thing too. Like, yeah. it, it, like it's... You're telling all this story of like political yeah. intrigue and everything that's going on, and you're wasting yeah. Natalie freaking Portman. Yeah. She's yeah. not even part of the being... politics of the, the political right. aspect. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just being like the reason that Anakin loses his mind. Like, are you for real right now? Yeah. Right. Come on. And she's like... essentially a pawn for Palpatine in the first movie. Yeah. And I right. feel like, okay, I buy that. I buy that she sure. would be manipulated by was... him. He's manipulating everybody. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's someone she trusts and everything. But the next two movies, movie two should start and she should know the score instantly. And she should be working it for the next two movies. Wow. And I know, I remember reading that there, or initially there was a whole thing where she was essentially going to be forming the rebellion. Like that's, mm -hmm. I think that's on the cutting room floor somewhere. And that would have been so perfect. Because it's killing me. I know. It's killing me. I know. Yeah. E.K. Johnson, cool. e. Johnson has a trilogy called The Queen's Hands, three books. And it is a lot more about Padme, like working it behind the scenes. So check that out. But yeah. she should absolutely be doing that just from, I mean, let alone the representation of it all. But just from a storytelling standpoint, at the yes. very least, you're setting up Luke and Leia's parents. And all we have is like, Anakin's kind of an ass. And Padme goes along with it. You should be showing yeah. her strength and his like raw strength. And yes. Luke and Leia are kind of like the marriage of that. But without that, yeah. narratively, it doesn't work. And like, we I all know Natalie Portman could have done it. No. I yeah. was watching, I rewatched the scene where Anakin has, you know, he's done, he's avenged his mom and he's gone like all dark side or whatever. And he's having that really emotional moment about it with, um, with Padme. Mm -hmm. And I remember, and I never thought this then, but I'm watching it now and, and I'm realizing like, and I feel, you know, you feel like this is the beat that George Lucas was trying to get across where he had, he'd been having dreams about his mom dying, right? Yeah. And then it happens and he does, and I feel like that's such like, that's trauma. Like, right, as an adult, I'm like, well, yeah. no wonder you were flipping out about that, man. You got trauma, boo-boo, mm -hmm. that everybody ignores. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, that was so pivotal for him where like, I had this dream that my mom died and then she actually did and I could do nothing. And now this woman that I love is about, and I can do nothing. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, it's such like this driving, and that's such like an interesting adult theme that george lucas could have explored there and well, the jedi are even... so controlled right yeah, that's that the, all been... of order yeah. and control and you just see him spiraling out because of control he has no idea how to handle it because yep. no, everybody is just telling him well don't be sad bro <laughs> just uh, meditate a little bit right know? like nobody's helping but him in reverse meditate you right. shall you know like, even like padme like too. tries in that scene to like help him she like she literally says to him like what you're feeling is an emotion and he says back to her like i'm a jedi i should be better than that 
And that's so powerful mm -hmm. that yep. just gets lost because George Lucas doesn't know what to do with these two amazing actors. Yeah. And it's crazy to me. It's yeah. just crazy. Yeah. No, I, I think huh. you've I think you've really hit it well. I really have spent like the better part of the last couple of years thinking that I just hate these movies. And I'm actually yeah. kind of glad. <laughs> me too. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that I rewatched them because I, I so I finished Revenge of the Sith and I texted our mutual friend Eric and I was like okay. Hey man, I think I kind of like the prequels now. And he was like, "I'm in the same boat. I don't know what's happening." Yeah, and it's true. Well, it's because... because it's in light of the sequels. I mean, yeah. that's I have a friend. I've always loved Revenge of the Sith. I just yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I talked so much crap about the prequels because it was easy. Yeah. It's low hanging sure. fruit. Yeah. It's like, but like now that the sequels are out and it's just a, a like a hot mess. Yeah. I have a better appreciation, I think, of the prequels because at least. They're trying to tell a story, and they manage to do it. Yeah. Right? You may not like it. It may be boring sometimes and wild, but by the end of the third movie, you're like, ah, that makes sense. Yeah. We finally get it. Right. That's what happened to his wife. That's what happened to Obi-Wan. Yeah. That's what happened to the Jedi, because, well, yeah. where did they go? That's what. That's why the Empire's around. That's why... Darth Vader is the yeah. way he is. Yes. That's why he's filled with so much hate. You know, like for me, like watching this movie again, like when Obi-Wan was like, you are like a brother to me, mm -hmm. you know, like I was just like, oh man, yeah. like this is how you roll into 30 years in the desert, 18 years. I don't know how old Whatever it is. Luke yeah. is. And it's just like, yeah, everything just fell apart. Like, you know, tragically mm -hmm. yeah, and so I, I don't know I, you're right i mean in the prequel trilogy the boxes narratively are checked you know the answers yeah. to those yeah. things so i think the debate or the discussion becomes a matter of did we get to those places naturally like does it fit tonally do yeah you, are you satisfied with how but you're right you can't argue with the fact that we do know the answers now you know like yeah. a mm -hmm. story has been told of the previous generation and we know how we get to the next and you can't mm -hmm. there's there's not a cohesive story in in the sequels yeah not at there all there isn't so yeah i just think because of that and, and as we all sit here and discuss it like we can see what's there we see what could have yeah. been we see the story that was trying to be told and it's like we got weird versions of one and two and got the finished product in three and can kind of extrapolate back of how we got there. So, like, we know that. Mm -hmm. It's just not always on the screen, I guess. It feels know? rushed. Like, the trilogy, at least by the end for me, like, Revenge of the Sith is, it's rushed. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it feels like it could have been 45 minutes longer or an hour. Yeah. You right. know? Like, like make it another hour where they explain more. Well, a lot of the character work, which is not a strength of Lucas's, I feel like a lot of the character yeah. work happens off screen. You know, like, yeah, getting, yeah that's getting true. Anakin yeah, from movie to movie, it's like stuff probably happened in between these movies to get him where he is, but we don't really see it. Same with the relationship yeah. between Padme and Anakin. It goes from like, he's a child to he's creepy with her to they're all in, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm all in. By the I end of the movie, like, yeah, she's I all in. I feel like this is, this is something that should be discussed in film classes and, and, and told, like, you know. True. You, to just understand your strengths and weaknesses as a creator and to not get like just so like diva like with it, which I feel like George Lucas actually, I feel like if you want to, I feel like the, the story of Anakin and Obi-Wan and the Jedi is being told the best, told the best of the Clone Wars, the mm -hmm. animated series, mm -hmm. because I feel like then they really, they gave us like what we all wanted the you know the yeah. prequels be like you get it there you really yeah. see these characters shine and the relationships and which makes like Darth Vader's fall like all the more because you see like what Anakin was doing like before that there's a and I'm still watching it but there's like this amazing scene in the Clone Wars where Anakin goes to question some guy and you he, the way he walks in you can you see that little like oh shit dark side and they drop the Imperial March in this scene, like uh, just like a couple of bars or two. Mm, that's very good. And it sends chills up. Oh, yeah. Like, There's all of that, so though. Yeah, you know, you get, so, like, it's like they knew what George Lucas was trying to do, and they're like, well, you can't do it, so let us do it in the series. <laughs> yeah. it's just, so it's just, it, li it literally is because, like, George Lucas has, like, he has these gorgeous, amazing ideas, but when it comes to, like, the execution sometimes of these, you're just like, Maybe let somebody else do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, he, you're like, great idea. Call Dave and let Dave, to what you just said, let him make it. 
Well, that pretty much sums it up. Good ideas, poor execution. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? Absolutely. Thanks to our guest, Crystal Storm. Uh, always a pleasure to have Crystal on. My favorite guest. I hope I hope I'm not causing too much friction when I say that, but I do love having Crystal on these shows. Oh, definitely, definitely our favorite guest. I and mean, why have we? Why else have we had her on so many times? I know, yeah. I know, I know. It's your entertainment. I, we got yeah. it right the first time. Our first guest, our best guest. Uh, if you enjoyed Crystal on this episode, make sure you're listening to Star Wars Legacy. A new episode drops the same day this episode drops. So. You've got plenty of time mm-hmm. to catch up or catch today's episode. Steve, before you and I roll out of here, though, I got to know your Ichiwawa moment of the prequel trilogy. So for me, the Ichiwawa moment of the entire prequel trilogy is kind of a split between two things. Okay. One, the Wookiees. I mean, that was... They didn't have to put the Wookiees in there, yeah. but to make up for the Christmas special, I feel like it was <laughs> it was required yeah. that they had some sort of Wookiee in there, and yeah. man, they were so cool. I forgot. That's the only redeeming factor of the second movie, you know, the, yeah. the fact that the Wookiees are in there. It is a cool uh, yeah, And then Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. Qui-Gon is my, my second half of my Ichiwa. Okay. I just so think one he's... is your Icha and one is your Wawa. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the Got Wawa. What? Okay. Yep. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be basic because I just, I don't think you can top the Duel of the Fates lightsaber duel with, with uh, I almost said Jar Jar, with Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan. <laughs> I mean... I just think it's, it's true. Really, it's just brilliantly paced. You know, he's this literally a phantom menace the whole time. And suddenly there he is. And as they're going through and the force fields keep coming up, separating them, forcing them to like stop and pause. Yep. And Maul is like, you know, like a caged animal. And Qui-Gon is just like, whatever, I'll use this time to meditate. And then yeah. you know, coupled with the music and the big like one, two punch with Obi-Wan stepping up. It's just, it's just a great scene. Maybe the best Star Wars scene, at least, at least in the top tier of all of Star Wars. Don't you think? I, I do think that, and it's watching it again. I realize that there's a lot of cuts, mm. right, where they will be what you'll be watching it, and it'll cut to like the throne room. So, yeah, you know, the, um, Padme and her band going, you know, trying to get to the, ch- you know, the whatever the Chancellor yeah. of the Trade Federation is, you know, right. So they kind of break up the fight, which is. I guess good because there's a lot going on, right? And yeah. it's in this fight, if you notice the quality in the saber fights, this is probably going to I can hear people reing already. I think the quality in the saber fights go down significantly after this one because I, I after agree. this, it's it's just like lightsabers passing across the screen. Yeah. And yeah. they're just doing the the X, right? Yeah. Like when you're fighting as a kid, it's just yeah. X X X yep. X yep. X. And this one, it's so different. It, you know, it is groundbreaking, and I just don't think they, even even Obi Wan's and and Anakin's fight uh, in the third movie. This is still better than that. Yeah, it just it is. It's way better. It's yeah. multi leveled, multi lightsabers. Yep, I you agree. know, it, it's yeah. They just try to top it, and I don't think they. I, I don't think they ever did. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. What about your Oak of Arc moment? My Oak of Arc moment is I got really frustrated that the episodes one and two got kind of caught up in a spectacle, yes, and I yes. think they wasted so much time. Yep. So that's like a big one for me. But I think yep. think the biggest Oak of Arc is Medichlorians as a microorganism yeah. and not a force yeah. energy. That for me, like that is an unforgivable because it destroys the it destroys the essence of what the force it does really kind of take away is. The, the mythology of it to just be like, oh yes, yeah, yes. just run a blood test or whatever and see how force sensitive you are. It takes yeah, the it, mysticism out of it. It really does. Absolutely. It just, it just yep. makes it yeah, like a, a, a mundane scientific kind of thing. So oddly I, scientific. No, yeah. I think that's a good one. I feel like when that came up, I just kind of was like, ah, whatever, midichlorians. I think and I'm I'm glad I'm glad that Crystal's not on for this point because I know she was all in for Hayden Christensen, but I just feel like that's the one thing that maybe didn't go up a drop in my estimation on this rewatch. Yeah. I just don't think he has it. I think he's better in Revenge of the Sith, but I I just he never sells it for me. And I think if I had to narrow it down, the romance in Attack of the Clones is just cringe. It's just pure it's, cringe. Yeah. The one thing I could say in defense of that is that it's very much feels like an old style serial kind of vibe, which we all know George Lucas was going for, at least with the originals. Yeah. So like, I can see that. I can see that, but mm-hmm. I just think it's it's cringy. The script is pretty. Yeah. That's pretty awkward. I it think is. that that really hurts yeah. it, especially. Now, um, 
let me ask you this. Has your has your opinions changed at all with this rewatch? Where does it sit for you right now? Crystal made the point off mic that she feels like the prequels, if you're a Star Wars fan, if you're like, like a committed Star Wars fan, then yeah, watch the prequels. And I think that's a good point because mm-hmm. I think if you're just like, oh, I got to check out this old Star Wars thing everybody's talking about, you're probably fine with the original trilogy. I don't think that watching yeah. the prequels is going to make you a deeper fan. And I don't really think it adds much, if anything, to the characters that you see in the original trilogy. So yeah, I do, I that's do think, true. Yeah. I think Crystal's point there is strong, but I found myself much more like okay with these movies this time around. And I think for a lot of the reasons why we've laid out, you can see the the darker story that's at play, and you can mm-hmm. see where some of the dumbing down or, or the kiddiness, or just as you were saying with the let's have some hijinks kind of bring that down yeah but i i was just much more invested and interested in these movies this time so i'm i guess if i'm ever at a point where i'm gonna do a star wars movie rewatch i'm not gonna be like oh crap i have to watch the prequels i'm gonna be like yeah put them in let's roll the dice what about you yeah i think that's true i think watching it uh, especially for me there was a bit of nostalgia running through so maybe that like added to the excitement a little bit but i did feel that i appreciated it more for what it is yeah i, I still think it's it's got its issues you know and i know everyone oh, says sure, that sure. a new hope has issues but no one ever tells me what they are but uh <laughs> that claim always comes out oh no there's so many mistakes oh what mistake but no, like it, I just think it's there are some unforgivables, but yeah. it's still Star Wars, right? We we, we yeah. talk about this in the Ewoks yeah. show all the time that we're like, ugh, this just doesn't feel like Star Wars. And one, two, three, it's Star Wars. Yeah, it, it, you know, through and through. Yeah, they mess up here and there, but like I can't argue. At with the that. end of the day, it, it, it's Star Wars, and you're right. Like the or Crystal's right. Like these movies are really for somebody who wants to be more invested in it. Yeah. Like. Like, you watch 4, 5, and 6, and you're like, wow, that was pretty good. You know, and it's like, would you like to see more? You know, and then you click, yes, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it would be 1, 2, and 3. And that's right. for somebody who's like, okay, this is really cool. Let's yeah. see what it's all about, right? But if you like it, and you're like, eh, that, that's good, then 4, 5, and 6 is the three movies to watch. Yeah. Not saying that these are terrible, but yeah. it's they're, you're right. They're, they're a deeper, deeper lore into what Star Wars is, because the purpose of it is really just to explain... Mm-hmm. How we got why there. Darth Vader is yeah. Anakin or is a, Darth Vader is Luke's father? Let's yeah. be honest. It's, it, you, in one sentence, that's all three movies. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's better. I give I appreciate it more. I absolutely yeah. do appreciate. I it agree. More. I agree. I I w- I went into it being like, oh god, here we go, and I left being like, yeah, all right, <laughs> all right. So yeah. I think that's a positive outcome. All right. Well, next time yes. we, I promise we'll be back to talking about Ewoks because uh, back in Endor we're going to be on season two, episode four A. The Totem Master. Ooh. Yeah. I can't, like we're back to the uh, half forever. episodes. Yeah, yeah, we are. It feels like it's been forever since we talked about the Ewoks. I know. Even though it was just it, last it episode, been. but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Thanks again to our guest, Crystal Storm. She will yes, be back you. when the Leaf Queen returns, whether she wants to be or not. We will, we will get her on the schedule. Make sure you're listening to Star Wars Legacy, available wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks again, Crystal. Always a good time. Steve, I'll see you next time, my friend. See you next time as well. This Endorian Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include 90s Music Got Me Like, Previously on X-Men, and 9021 Here We Go. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Endorian Life. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts.